Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old For This. I'm your host today, CDO113, and joining me is... The experience that some call Jason. And the Todd Bob. And today we're going to follow up on our last podcast, our hopes and expectations for the Batman movie. And uh, we're going to get a review from uh, Jason and Todd, who have seen it. Uh, I have not yet, due to medical reasons. But uh, first question is, yes or no, did you both enjoy the movie? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, 1 being, you know, burning hell. What would your rating of the movie be? Uh, I need to quantify of of Batman movies or of superhero movies or movies overall because it it changes. Okay, this movie as just a standalone movie, and you were rating it trying to you know okay if I'm gonna give this movie like an eight because it was really great or a ten it was perfect. Just go see this Batman movie, and then okay the second would be oh. You can quantify it however you want. If it was this, I'd give it a such and such. Okay. Start with Jason. All right, Jason. Oh, a seven or an eight. You've done about all movies ever. Yeah. If we go at all movies ever, yeah, about a seven. Okay. That rate's pretty high. Um, what was your, with your, going into it, the expectations you had, did it meet or exceed those expectations? It exceeded my expectations. How about you, Jason? Well, I had heard Todd gushing about it before I actually went to see it. So my expectations were a little higher than they had been. Uh, but I would say it still exceeded my expectations. Okay. Um, going into it, uh, from what I've read, I know they don't go through the whole kit and caboodle, you know, origin story like they do in most of them. It's, it's, it's rather brief, right? Well, the origins, there's not an origin in it at all. He's He's been Batman for two years. Okay. Yeah, they talk about it, and you know. Yeah. I, if you went into it not knowing Batman's origin, you would know, okay, his parents got shot, and that's what pushed him into this. Okay. Yeah. Um. Do you think for it being the grim, gritty look that it was they were going for that they handled that right, not going through the whole old sob story of, you know, got parents got shot in the alley and you have to watch it all over again. I would say they, they made the right decision there just based on how many Batman movies there have been. You just don't need to see that again. No, I, once you know that, hey, that, that happens, you don't need to see it every Batman movie. Um, what was your favorite part of the movie? I'm going to let Todd take this one first. Cause, yeah, because I'm sitting there going, I'm trying to, to pick. Is there a scene or a moment in the movie that stands out to you more? There's a lot of them. That's the problem. Uh, All right, well, let me ask you this. Was it a slow burn or was it a continual boil? Uh, when I saw it my second time, one of the guys that I was with kind of echoed me the first time I saw it. You know this movie gonna kick ass about 10 minutes into it. About, about 10, 15 minutes into it, you sit there going, ooh, this, this, this is gonna be, this is gonna be some shit. Yeah, I can't really think of any slow bits, particularly. You know, where it, where it felt like it was starting to kind of slow down. Well, the reason I asked that question is, uh, 
one of the people on Facebook was talking about, you know, they went into it expecting because it being a detective story, expect it to be like a slow burn or a simmer, you know, like, okay, you got a few bubbles every now and then. But he said, going into it, it was like, no, once you turn the heat on you, it stayed a rolling boil for the better part of the movie. You had a few, you know, simmer spots, but mostly it was, you know, action, uh, plot, intrigue, you know, continual story. It's seven. If you took out Brad Pitt's character and stuck Batman in. Um, it being labeled a detective story, did they live up to that? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I know going into it on our last podcast, we discussed how much uh, the Riddler reminded us of Hush. Did that ever pan out? Kind of. Kind of? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's... it's mm. Spoilers, if you need them, go ahead. Because I'm... It strikes me that that he was that reporter's kid. What reporter? Well, like I said, it goes into it goes into the whole. It goes into a. It go, yeah, that's a major plot point. And if he's that, if he was the reporter's kid, that's not. It's never flat out said. It's just kind of heavily insinuated that he may be. Yeah, if he was the reporter's kid, he got the same. He would have had the same last name as Hush. He'd have been an Elliot. The the reporter was named. His, his last name is Elliot. I would argue that they didn't particularly insinuate that, though. That was kind of what I got from it. Yeah. Just some random... I don't... That's just it. They don't... They don't go out... He he might have been... He might have been that reporter's kid. He may have been just some rando kid that was in that orphanage. You ain't real sure, because, hell, even when they ID him at first, they give you two different names. It gives you two different names, and one of those names is his history from, like, before he went off the deep end. Because he'd been working at that place for a while before he kind of put stuff together. You know, it's like he had lived kind of normal for a while. Well, he wouldn't have been using a fake ID back then. But like I said, even that, it flip-flops, because when... Because he basically goes, take a pick, take your pick. And then when the cop talks, when that female cop talks about him... She talks about him as Edward Nashton, you know, which is, which is in the comics is Edward Nigma's real name, depending on which, which universe he was in. You know, some it was, some that was, Enigma was actually his name. Then, oh hell, I think it was post-crisis when they tell his origin, his name was Edward Nashton. And when he kind of went off the deep end and became the Riddler, he called himself Enigma. So that's a you know flip coin. Okay. Because they they do use they do use a lot of points from different from different books and not all those books are in the same kind of era of DC. Cause a lot of that stuff is Batman Earth One and then it has a it's got a kind of core in the center of it of the long Halloween. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. How pleased were you with the use of bat gadgets? He'll use a lot of them, which is nice. But but when he needed them, he had the one he needed, so it all still kind of works. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, because I know one of the uh, uh, 
complaints I saw on the thing was this person is our age, you know, like in, in, in their 50s. And their Batman was more than Keaton Batman. You know, they grew up, you know, watching him use gadgets every 10 seconds. And they were disappointed that he didn't have a, you know, gadget for every fight and this, that, and the other. It says what I liked about it because Batman, when you read the books, didn't have a gadget for every fight. He wasn't just constantly pulling shit out of, out of the utility belt, throwing it at you. He had, he used what he needed when he needed it, and that's pretty much what he does in this. It's, you know, it's not the uh, Joel Schumacher where he, you know, it's the bat taser that shoots you with an electrified bolo and all that. He got a taser, you see him use a taser, a bomb, the grappling hook. Yeah, he uses the hook several times. Yeah. The grappling hook. Uh, the bat symbol on his chest is a utility knife. How about batarangs? Does he have anything like that? Nope. The closest he comes to a batarang is, like I said, is the symbol on his chest, and like I said, he uses that as a knife. As a knife, and he does that twice. Now, one little thing that I did thought thought was neat was the the grappling hook. It's like a, it's like it's attached to the to his arm. You know, it kind of springs into his hand when he's going to fire yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, Which is a nod towards realism, because you'd have to have that thing anchored to the suit to actually pick you up, or, you know, you'd get oh, your... Kind of like a wrist-mounted yeah. carriage, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he does that, and it flips into his hand, and he uses Yeah. Okay. Like, it's a little nod toward real realism, because if you tried to swing like that, you know, in real life, it, assuming you could keep your grip, you know, it'd pull your shoulder out of joint. Yeah, yeah. And he does have a uh, a, a flying squirrel kind of harness in there. Uh, well, you know, like if you were, was it base jumping, mm. where you have the oh okay short wing, but shorts. it's but it's it's not the it's not the bale thing where the where the cape gets rigid and it's like a bat wing. No, it's like a flying squirrel. It's one of those where he pops it and it's not only on his arms, it's on his in between his legs too. Okay, yeah, I, I he uses that once. I think it. I think that was. I think that material was his cape. I think he did something and it attached the cape in all the right points. Because when he uses that, you know, he's standing there doing something for a while, for a little while. People catch up with him, you know. When he's but doing you notice when he lands, he doesn't have a cape. When he makes that landing, when he gets up, there's no cape on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he and you see him pop that little chute to slow himself down, and then when that gets snagged, yeah, all that material got pulled off him because he doesn't have the. I don't think he had the wing little flying squirrel bits at that point either. He's like, oh, that got yanked off. Okay. Clearly, he'd grown up watching Darkwing Duck and he, he knew detachable capes were an important thing. <laughs> or he watched The Incredibles. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It sounds like it's Incredibles. Oh, uh, is there one thing or, or is there something you would have changed about the movie? Jason? Uh, before I went in, I'd have said Riddler's costume... But there's reasons for it to. There's reasons to keep something kind of generic and concealing like that. Um, I'm sure if I watched back through it, you know, taking notes, I'd find little stuff that they would change. But overall, I was just really happy with it. Uh, that's your time. Nah, I I I really liked. It. I liked it. Like I said, that's. I have not watched a superhero movie in the theater more than once since Infinity War was the last one that I saw multiple times. I watched that motherfucker three times last weekend and I'm going back as soon as I get off tomorrow. 
And I will I will be shocked if I don't watch that at least twice this weekend. Okay. Uh, performances by the actors. The uh, guy that playing Batman. Uh, first thing I know him from is Twilight. <laughs> my wife made me watch the Twilight movies because she was a fan. He always has to qualify that anytime he brings it up. I, I have you, you notice he's sensitive about it. Very well. He's watched Twilight. Of course, he's sensitive. <laughs> she made me. She held me down and made me watch this sensitive crap. I was strange as hell when we saw the saw the trailers of Twilight. We were like, Nah, I think I'm good. Yeah, that was my thing. Like, yeah, I'm good. I knew, oh, crap. I'm gonna have I didn't to watch know. This. I didn't know they sparkled till it, the movie been out. God knows how long. Because I looked at the trailer with no. Well, with me, the first trailer, I was like, oh, they're doing superhuman strength, neat. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's a vampire movie, all right, whatever. It was my teenage cousin saying the books had too much teenage angst for her that made me go, oh, I think I'll skip that. Uh, but anyway, uh, having, you know, had a healthy level of testosterone, I had never seen Pattinson in anything. So I, I had seen Pat, <laughs> I had seen Pattinson in stuff other than Twilight, okay? I have that was that was me going me going into this i have because i started tenant and i never finished it i got maybe about five or ten minutes into it and was like oh that's gonna be one that yeah, i ain't got time to watch this right now and i never went back uh but uh i know that that's a major sticking point for a lot of people is, is robert pattinson and you know, he's in Twilight, he's this, and he's that, and the other. But also, you know, Adam West was my first Batman, and my second Batman was Mr. Mom, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know, and hell, your third Batman, Clooney, he started out on Roseanne. The third one was Kilmer. Kilmer I was actually a fan of. I liked Val Kilmer before. I was actually happy when they, you know, when they went, okay... Keaton's out. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, we're getting Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. So, you know, I, I could see him. You know, he's a little bigger. He was a little, he was a little more Bruce Wayne-y to me than I was hoping they were going to do something with his hair color, but they said, yeah, fuck it. But, you know, but Kilmer, like I said, when they announced him, I was like, yeah, I can see him. I can see him. Okay. That, that, that works for me. And I liked his Batman. But my initial reaction, you know, when they went, oh, Michael Keaton's playing Batman, it was I, it was literal. You mean Beetlejuice? Yeah. They got Mr. Mom playing? The thing that had me sold on Keaton's Batman was uh, Nicholson. Because when they said Nicholson was a joker, I was like, oh, hell yeah. That, that's brilliant. Because anybody that's seen The Shining, you sitting there go, oh, yeah. 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 That's that joke for your ass. So I didn't have the Pattinson hang-up. You know, I'll give... Sat through... Well, I didn't sit through Clooney. Well, I sat through Clooney, but I sat through him at home. If I could sit through Clooney, I could sit through anybody. So... And he did a great... Pattinson does a great job as Batman. Uh, one of the complaints that you'll see online is... They, they do him the same way that they're doing... That they used to do Andrew Garfield. Oh, I loved his Spider-Man, but I didn't like his Peter Parker. And they, they, I don't know why they use that as like an angle. People that they don't want to like them. 
And when they when the person does a good job, that's that's oh well, I, I loved him as Spider Man, but oh, it's Peter Parker sucked. Oh, I, I loved him as Batman, but his Bruce Wayne wasn't no good. And one of the things that I posted afterwards was when was Bruce Wayne ever in this movie? Because his year two Batman is still at, and it's the point of the damn movie is the change in him. It's it's the only Batman movie I've ever seen where Batman had personal growth, where he's different at the end than he is at the beginning. Bruce Wayne ain't in this movie. You know, all Bat fans are quick to go, oh, yeah, yeah, see, Bruce Wayne's the mask and he's Batman all the time. And then when they give you a movie where you see he's Batman all the time, then they want to bitch about it. Well, Bruce Wayne is the playboy because he wasn't the playboy. He was Batman. Sometimes he was Batman wearing a mask. Sometimes he was Batman wearing a hoodie. Sometimes he was Batman in a suit. But he was always Batman. There was no... That was, that was the one that showed you that, yeah, there ain't no... That's him. That's somebody suffering from PTSD and he's truthfully about a hair's breath from Arkham's damn self. Yeah. That, that was always one of my arguments or pet peeves because family members... Some of my aunts and uncles, they when they think Batman, they think the old Adam or the the uh, Keaton Batman. And I'm like, look, I've read the Dead Gun books. You're you're talking about a guy that you know he's the flip side of the coin. You got Joker and you've got Batman. Both of them are crazy. They both have been through something that have drove them over the edge. The difference is the Joker. He has no personal qualms or or. If the wind blows the right way that day, he's killing everybody he sees. If he sees a commercial that he thinks funny, he'll let a person live because it just cracks him up. Batman has felt personal tragedy and is like, you know, I don't want to see anybody else go through what I went through. But he ain't in the right mind because he's putting on a suit jumping off a building, okay? You know? Well, I, 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 could, I could be an ass and basically say this. And it's, and it's one thing, because they do the parallel in this, but it's between him and the Riddler. Because that's Riddler's thing. Riddler thinks they're in it together. Batman creates the Riddler in this. When he sees Batman, he goes, oh, that's how you handle stuff. And the difference is Batman victimizes people that society don't give a shit about. You don't care what happens to a criminal. Yeah. That's, 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 that's really the only difference in them is, yeah, it's, it's who each one of them kind of chooses to victimize. Because they're both psychotic. I mean, yeah, the, I dude, mean, the dude is walking around dressed like a fucking bat. He ain't all there. Yeah, and if he shows up and doesn't arrest you, he just shows up and beats the crap out of you. Yeah, he beats he, you in a he, pile yeah, waiting he, for the cops to come get you. Yeah, he's, he's and Pattinson's is low on arrest. He pummels the hell out of it. And some of the dudes, I mean, he pummels the, the bejesus out of them. But you, you do that because it's, well, to quote Ledger's Joker, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. It's a criminal getting the living shit beat out of him, so you don't care. You sit there and go, ah, motherfucker deserved it. But that's not lawful, legal. You can argue right. <laughs> Did the punishment fit the crime? You know, who, who anointed this person, judge, jury, and execution? Of yeah. And Jason, after we saw the movie, had a great point about the Riddler. You can agree with the Riddler until he gets 
toward the end of his run. Yeah, the, the the initial people he's taken out. Once you know, once you know what's going on, you can look at it and go, "Well, hey, that's a typical Batman villain." Where you you can see, you can kind of understand them up to this point, and then he crosses a line where he just, just got to be stopped. You know, a lot like Mister Freeze in Heart of Ice. The, you know, the Heart of Ice episode of the animated series. You know, yeah. I went through the first half of that episode pulling for Mister Freeze. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that guy needs to go. Yeah, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer and I watch uh, FBI and FBI Most Wanted and stuff like that, and they had an episode where guy was going through and he was killing these, you know, college, a couple of them were college age guys and a couple of them were just fresh out of college. But you're like, and they were all in a fraternity and you're like, why is he targeting them? And then you find out, yeah, they raped and murdered his sister and then covered it up and their rich families got, got them off. off. Got them, yeah. got them. So it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, when he's just killing them, it's like, okay, I can see his point of view. I, I would be in that mindset too if I had a sister, you know. And But it's when he starts, he goes over the line and he, like, he shoots the one guy and the guy's wife is there. He just shoots her too. It's like, hey, wait a minute. Now you're talking collateral damage. That, you know, that that's a no. Now it's not rough justice. Now now you just flat out murder people. Yeah. And uh, you know But to get to, to, to get back to what you were actually asking, because we got we start, you know, you're talking about the performances and we start talking about Batman and we just kept going. Yeah. I was really, really impressed with Catwoman. Yeah. Uh I'm completely blanking her name at the moment. Thank you. I knew it and I just lost it. Uh yeah, that is the best Catwoman I have seen. Bar none. Yeah. She played she played the hell out of Catwoman. It's my favorite Gordon. I heard a guy that I heard a guy online bitching about it. Oh, he could have been everybody. No, not that Gordon. Because that's the first one that hell, Gordon pull a gun and, and get in the middle of shit. He was the first one that I've actually seen earn his pay. You have one scene of, of Oldman's do that in Dark Knight, but you know, it's that's He's because he's not Commissioner Gordon, he's Lieutenant Gordon. And even when you like, but it's he's more Batman year one when Gordon was kind of the two fisted, honest cop on the thing. Gordon ain't got no damn problem getting in the middle of shit, which I liked. That's one thing the movie does in its mystery is it if Batman is Sherlock Holmes, his Watsons change because Catwoman is, is Watson sometimes and then Gordon is Watson sometimes. Let's see that talking about that, that that's one of the things uh, like I watched the show Gotham from beginning to end. OK, and uh, somebody on the thing that was talking about they like like you like this guy's uh, I can't think of that. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright's uh, portrayal of, of Gordon. My so, fun thing is I'm sitting there going because because his first role was Peoples Hernandez in Shaft. Yeah, the first thing that I saw him in, and then he played Martin Luther King in Boycott. So I'm sitting there going, man, Martin Luther King's busting caps on people. But, you know, it said, you know, their their big introduction to actually, you know, Gordon being this this real character was was in Gotham. And, you know, you know, he never backed down from a fight, whether it was two fisted or guns blazing. And they see this portrayal on the big screen, you know, having seen the others. And it's like. You know, I actually like this Gordon because yeah. he reminds me of the Gordon from the Gotham TV show. It's like he is a cop first there, and foremost. There is, not, there is not a bad portrayal in that movie. I really like Colin Farrell's Penguin, dude. Yeah, I was going to get to him because they said the, the 
transformation of sexy Colin Farrell, as they put it, to eh, it's the penguin. You don't you don't see Colin in there. Yeah, they said you don't at see all. Colin at all. Uh, does he change his voice any? Does it? Does he change his mannerisms? I mean, does he? He's got a he's got a, kind of a Jersey accent. You know, he, you know, he's got kind of the typical mob speak, but like I said, it's Colin's not somebody I'd seen in a long time. So yeah, I'm sitting there for most of it going, yeah, I don't see Farrell at all. Yeah, Penguin's got Penguin has obviously been through some shit because he's he's got a limp and he's scarred. Yeah, um, I I did enjoy the interrogation scene of. You have a you yeah. end up with a scene with Batman and Gordon interrogating him. It's, it's he he's full ass on now. Um, that was that was one of the lines I like. What is this good cop, batshit crazy cop? I like that whole scene because looking at it like a mystery, it's that scene where the detective puts forth you know one theory that makes perfect sense, and then one little thing's like, no, that's not right, and then yep. they have to move on. Yeah. Oh. Um. One of the comments I saw from one of the people, I can't remember if it was the guy playing Commissioner Gordon or Gordon or if it was the one playing Catwoman. But they, you know, they had met when they were doing their read-throughs, they met Colin Farrell. And then the day of the filming, they're standing there and they're waiting for Colin Farrell to come on to do their scene. And he's there and it's like, because they nudge one of the other actors or actresses like, who's that? The penguin, Colin Farrell, and they you know, they were just like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't see him. So I, I thought that was pretty good. If you can actually, you know, do a whole Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire on somebody and not realize who the heck that is, that that's pretty good in today's Hollywood. No, the fellow fellow play the Riddler, I thought did really good too. Yeah, yeah. Now you could argue that he wasn't really doing the comic Riddler, but you know. Paul Dano. He's more he's more comic riddler when you see him out of the yes. stuff later. Like when you see him in when you see him in Arkham and stuff like that, and you find out his motivations. When you see him there, he's he's very comic riddler. Mm-hmm. But he he looks like a. I was laughing when I saw it with a with the guys. I was like, you know, this stuff just looks like if you had a lineup, just said. Pick who you think looks like a serial killer. You sit there and go, yeah, this motherfucker looks like he lures children to the basement and they never come out. Yeah, uh... He's got a... And, and, uh, a couple of my buddies, that, you know, the line where he says, you know, you taught me the only thing it takes to enact change is uh, a little fear and focus violence. Man, that tickled the fuck out of me for some reason. Well... One of the reviewers that I, one of the reviews that I saw online, the person was like, and I hope, and he called that guy's name. Paul Dano. I hope he doesn't get typecast as the freak. He could. He could very easily get typecast as the freak. He said he did such a good job in the portrayal and the way they had him look. You know, there's a guy that can't think of the actor's name, but. He pops up a lot on the, you know, the quote unquote cop shows and detective shows on TV. And he's always that 
He's tight cast. Yeah, he's tight cast. He's that innocent looking, you know, you know, milk sock kind of looking. But when he flips the switch, he's pure, you know, Jack Nicholson from Psycho. And you're well, like, that's, oh, well, that's just God. like that's just like the last time I saw it when we were talking about the movie. Uh, one of my buddies was basically going. He liked he likes Dano's Riddler as much as he likes Legend Joker. The guy won't get the credit for it, but his Riddler's crazy and catchy. I mean, he's I mean he's into that. He's he he's very. The dude actually wrapped his head in in cling wrap up under that damn mask, and he it's he's got a very distinctive kind of sound. He's very calculating and mellow and then when he gets heated he screams to the point that his voice is cracking is breaking i mean when he snaps and goes off he snaps and goes just fuck off yeah, and he goes full method yeah he he goes yeah that 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 was one of the things we were kind of sitting there going, man i hope he ain't a method actor because i swear to god if i was in the house with that motherfucker i might lock my door this fucker's gone i mean he's i mean when he goes off, he goes off. And he got the wrong, the, bless his heart, the man just got the wrong look. It's like, uh, Mark was basically going, that motherfucker might be crazy for real. He getting that from somewhere. And as far as the character goes, you know, when a man dressed as a bat goes, yeah, you goddamn mind. Yeah, hit a level. <laughs> yeah, 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 I would say so. All right, uh, Jason, uh, what'd you think of the Batmobile? I liked it as a, to be an early in his career Batmobile, I really liked it. No, uh, I think he used his bike more than he used anything. Yeah. And truthfully, you don't see the Bat cycle until the very, very end. What'd you think of the Batmobile, Todd? I didn't think I was going to like it until it showed up on screen. And the turbine screams. And that got me. I was like, oh, that's some... Jason hit the nail on the head. Batman in this, when he needs to be quiet, is typical Batman pop-up. Oh, shit. I didn't know you were there. But when he needs to be a drama queen, oh, that son of a bitch is a drama queen. You'll hear the heavy footsteps in the shadow and everybody yeah. looking in his direction yeah. and he'll come striding out. Yeah. There, there's, And that's another thing. There's another two things that I want to put in there right quick, and it's the atmosphere of the movie itself. Gotham is its own character. It's dark. It's old. You can tell it's old. It's the feel of the movie is kind of heavy, and the soundtrack goes along kind of perfectly with the character and stuff like that. There ain't no. It, I mean, it's it's it, it's got a weight to it that I just love. It's it's like I said. That's. That is my top Batman film. I don't give a fuck what nobody, you know, I don't care what nobody else thinks. As far as me, that's that's the one that when I walked out, that was it. I went, they did that some bitch right. I was mad, truthfully, because the first time I saw it, I was by myself. And I'm sitting there in parts going, this is off the goddamn chain. And I didn't have nobody to talk to. <laughs> I can see Tyson. <laughs> And he it, was, it, was a, it was another nerd that I'd been talking to before the movie, but you know how you have to pick seats now. He had picked a seat higher up, and we had talked about what we had hoped and stuff like that. And he, like, he runs down the steps. What you think? What you think? I'm like, this motherfucker goddamn changed. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I gush now. 
if you'd have seen me Friday afternoon, it was like, it was like, it was like four-year-old me that used to run around with a towel around his neck talking about Batman shit. I was like, this goddamn movie, I'm going to see this immediately. The second, I, hell, Jason had to stop me because I was doing the you because I was rambling. And the second that game got canceled, to see Batman. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, that, that's one, like I said, I'm just waiting to get off work. I got to work tonight. When I get up tomorrow, I will assess the situation. And if I'm in a place that I don't like, my ass is going back to Gotham City for number four. Don't be surprised if I leave the game Saturday and go to Gotham for number five. And the only reason why I don't hit six on Sunday is because I got work. All right, Jason, how about you? I enjoyed it. I, I think this was uh, probably my favorite Batman movie. I'll say my favorite theatrically released one. Well, one I've seen in theater. Because I didn't see the Adam West one in the theater. But that one has a special place in my heart. Yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, this was, this was probably the best one they've done. Uh, I don't know if I would call it... I don't think I would call it my favorite superhero movie. It's not my favorite superhero movie. But, but, but it is an excellent Batman movie, and I highly recommend it to anybody even passingly interested in Batman. Or mysteries. You have to put that caveat because I know, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, Jason and I went to go see Death on the Nile. And I have seen some criticism of the Batman that I saw for Death on the Nile was that it was boring. Oh, this is boring. This is boring. You kind of like, you got to like mysteries. If, if, if you're used to Batman flicks where, okay, it's the Joker, you know it's the Joker. There's no real plan to it. It's just Joker doing Joker shit and Batman trying to stop him. And he's throwing a million gadgets out every five minutes and shit like, and that's what you and explosions. You probably ain't gonna like that because this one's. And I always feel like a snob when I go to movies cerebral, but it's cerebral. The, yeah. The thing about it, it's a it's a murder mystery. If you like stuff like Seven, if you like stuff like Zodiac, if you like Death on the Nile, if you like things where you go in and you kind of have and you get into it. And you're trying to figure out what the hell's going going on in this movie with the characters. Yeah, it's your cup of tea. And that's one thing, that's one of my things to Jason. I was like, you're gonna like this one because it's actually it's it's actually him being the Dark Knight detective for once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that that's been a lot of the folks that have I've seen reviews of is like he's actually a detective in this one. And uh how you made a comment about being cerebral. I can watch a, mo- a movie with murder mystery or any kind of mystery or, or, or deep plot kind of thing. And I'll sit there and watch the movie. Like I'm one of the characters in my head trying to figure it out with them. And I'm, when Jennifer and I first started dating and got married, she hated those kind of movies. She'd be like, why are we having to watch this? Cause I had to sit through such and such with you. And, but now she's gotten to where she will pick a movie that, you know, has that, Kind of plot where you got to sit there and pay it. Yeah, pay there's, it there's, nothing, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people like to go off, go to the movies and cut their brain off. Yeah, I like going to the movies and cut my brain off, but I also like mysteries. So if you get one, I think the thing that's that's it's the feel of this movie has got me going back over and over again. It's 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 the one that feels most like the Batman comics that I used to grow up reading 
and the thing and the ones that I would like, I like, I tend to like any movie that kind of takes me on a mystery and especially like if you can throw me off somewhere and it's like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Because I'm that cat that held a lot of mystery movies, I guess we did it from the trailer. I'm bad about that shit. Yeah. Oh, that's killer. Oh, that's, uh, I can already tell that's so-and-so, ah, shit. I thought I'd done that with this one. You know, my, my Facebook post like, ah, shit, I watched the damn third trailer. This motherfucker gonna turn out to be Hush. You know. <laughs> I, I, I kind of had that same thing about the, 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 the Knives Out movie. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess Chris Evans watching the first fucking trailer, I was like, it's Chris Evans. You know why? Because he's Captain America, nobody will figure it's him, it's him. And then when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, I did not see that coming. And it's, it's one of those moments you sit there and go, oh, pay attention. Yeah, I didn't catch the clue. But yeah, so having a movie like that with superheroes, that, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, Jason, last thoughts, comments? Uh, I pretty much already said it. It's a really good movie. If you even passively interested in Batman, go watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I can't really find anything that I'd change about it. And the thing that worries me the most is with the first one being this good, I'm horribly afraid that the only place you can go is down. Well, maybe the next one will be action, and then they can go back for the so, third one. So that's, you know, I, I told my girlfriend, and I was like, Oh man, I love that movie. The thing that I can't see where they can go anywhere but die. When they get somebody more flamboyant in there, I, I think that whole detective thing that I like it's uh, all right. Well, I've been your host, CDO one one three, and with me today has been The Experience of Something Called Jason. And the blurred Donald of the Ville, the Todd Father. Oh, and if I can, uh please check me out i've started a toy uh uh a toy page on facebook called toying around with tnt thanks and don't forget to like share and subscribe and that's it for the week peace